morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Yeah, what a wonderful worship, isn't it? How many of you enjoyed the worship service this morning? All right. Woo. Hey, I just want to extend my welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to those of you who are tuning in via live stream. And to those of you who are here in this uh, room, I just want to say welcome to Abjab Seattle. Welcome home, guys. Um, yeah. And this morning, I, I get to meet with a few new uh, people, first timers here, like Abigail and uh, Pa Andy and uh, Angela here. Uh, so I just want to extend my welcome uh, to this place, and I hope that you feel uh, home uh, in 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 just Seattle. Amen. Uh, I want to share with you a message that God has imprinted in my heart over the past few weeks, uh, and I want to name this uh, sermon title today is supernaturally natural. Supernaturally natural. Just now we sang some song that says that God will bring heaven down to earth, right? And God teaches us, Jesus teaches us to pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that in this next season of life, last uh, two weeks ago, uh, Joy was sharing about the next phase of our lives after this COVID, is that there will be an outpouring of God's glory and manifestation, manifested presence on earth in here in this place. Amen? Uh, and so, I want to share with you, um, I know it's not an easy message, so please bear with me over the next 15-20 minutes. And I want to uh, hopefully invite you to this movement of a personal revival in our lives. Amen? Because this nation needs revival. Uh, our personal life needs revival. Our homes need revival. Our city needs revival. Uh, and, and I was speaking to someone this morning, I said that this nation also needs revival. Amen? One day, uh, in a small rural, rural town, there lives uh, two notorious brothers, you know. These two notorious brothers are very mischievous uh, and it's very bad uh, for the community because they always go around the town and they vandalize properties, they break stuff, they bully people, they steal stuff. And then one day, um, one of the brothers, one of the two brothers uh, died. And so the surviving brothers uh, went to the pastor and said, Pastor, Pastor. Uh, my brother just died, and his funeral is next week. Uh, but but I, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, that he has a good reputation. And so, Pastor, can I make a deal with you? He said, how about if I give you $10,000, $10,000, and in his funeral, can you please say that my brother was a saint? And so, so the, 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 the pastor was like thinking for a few minutes, and then he said, sure, yeah. Give me the $10,000. So he took the $10,000. And the whole town, obviously, is a small town. They, they heard about this story. They said, how on earth is this pastor going to say a very, very bad man, a saint, right? So they've been waiting for days and days. And finally, the funeral came. Okay, everybody packed the room. You know, they overflow outside. Just they want to hear how this pastor is going to handle the situation. So after minutes uh, and half an hour later, the pastor came up and he shared about, about the eulogy and all this thing. And then he said, he said, you know what? This man is a bad man. He steal, he bullied, he vandalized, he created chaos in this community. But compared to his brother here right in front of me, he was a saint. <laughs> so that's, that's my opening joke, guys. Okay. I know, I, I promise not to do that joke, so I, I switch gear, okay? <laughs> so I just want to say this, that in each and every one of us, even in, as we enter into the next phase of our life, I believe it, that supernatural things are going to happen in our community. 
And we have seen it. We have seen it. And you have witnessed it. And you have heard it. And I believe that many more people will witness it. Many more people will believe it. Because here, here's the thing. When every Christian's personal revival, when every Christian's personal revival will bring a global manifestation of God's presence, redemption, mercy, and cleansing over our community. Some of you are, were here when our church was vandalized because of the of the hate crimes that's going around, right? And we believe that that hate crime does not happen for, for just random purposes, but it was for a purpose that was created because God is going to manifest His presence and His glory and His redemption and His mercy over this land. And I believe that. And today I want to share with you uh, something that's called revival, that each and every one of us will experience personal revival. So what is revival? I was thinking, like, how do I define revival? It's such a Christian word, right? So I got a, a good a sentence here from godquestion.org. So I'm just going to read it, okay? It says this, Revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. How many of you have a, a life of stagnation right now? You feel that your life is stagnant. You feel that your life is not moving forward. There is no life in you. Whether you where, even when you went on a vacation, you don't feel that you're alive. You still feel dreadful. You still feel heavy. You still feel depressed even while you're on vacation. You need a revival. And then it continues. It says, it encompasses the resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation of God's holiness, a passion for His Word and His church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, a spiritual, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. And that is what is going to happen. So in short, revival is when God came down from heaven to earth and to make our meeting with Him supernaturally natural. And that encounters bring what is dead back to life. That is supernatural for me. That is revival for me. And I pray that after this sermon, that you will have that conviction and that desire and that hunger to want to experience revival in your own personal life. Can you say amen? amen. All right. I love it that our church now serves a cold, a double-shot espresso in the morning. That's wonderful, right? Yeah, that's wonderful. Because two things will happen. Either you are so on fire when I'm preaching because your heartbeat was so hard, and then you keep saying, Hallelujah, Pastor! Preach more, Pastor! Right? Or you will have a severe diarrhea <laughs> that you will not fall asleep. That's fantastic. So thank you, thank you, food ministry, for doing that. Put in more milk, okay? <laughs> so I want to share with you from Isaiah 64. You know, I studied Isaiah 64 from Dallas Theological Seminary several years ago. I want to be honest with you, okay? The book of Isaiah scares me. When I was studying the book of Isaiah, it really intimidated me because my teacher gave us a textbook. He said, okay, guys, students, you have to buy these textbooks, okay, for the book of Isaiah, okay? And guess what? Do you guys know the physical Bible? How many of you have physical Bible? I know it's kind of very rare, right? My Bible looks like this now. So maybe some of you are like, what is a physical Bible? So basically, a physical Bible is a thick book that, that's probably about this thick, right? And the book of Isaiah, okay, the book of Isaiah, the textbook, how many of you are graduating this, uh, this June, right? And you say, hallelujah, I don't have to buy textbook. 
the textbook for the, the lesson of the book of Isaiah is three textbooks like this big. When I receive it, I'm like, I quit. <laughs> no way I'm going to be studying the book of Isaiah. Three textbooks this big. I'm like, come on, teacher, are you serious? So you have to pardon me, have mercy on me, but I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 64. Allow me to take about five minutes to read it through, and then I will summarize it in three points. Make it easy for you. You don't have to buy three books. I'll summarize it in three points in less than 15 minutes. Here you go. Tighten up your belt. Isaiah 64, verse 1. Oh, what you will burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains will quake in your presence. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming will make the nations tremble. And everybody said, Amen. The nations will tremble when the Spirit of God come and the presence of God came down from heaven to earth. Verse 3. No, not yet. Verse 2, last part. Then your enemies will learn the reason for your fame. Verse 3. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quake. For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eyes has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for Him. You welcome those who gladly do good and follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly, we are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected, impure with sin, and when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. These people are still thinking that they themselves can bring honor and righteousness upon their deeds. Which I'm going to share later, that's not true, okay? Uh, verse 6, we are all infected, impure with sins. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags like autumn leaves. We wither and fall and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Verse 7, yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sin. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hands. And don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and, and see that we are all your people. Your holy cities are destroyed. Zion is a wilderness. Yes, Jerusalem is a desolate ruin. The holy and beautiful temple where our ancestors praise you have been burned down. All the beauty, all the things of beauty are destroyed. After all this, Lord, must you still refuse to help us? Will you continue to be silent and punish us? In the book of Isaiah 64, God's people have been in despair because they have been in cap captivity. They are hopes lost and, and things going around us are crazy. How many of you realize that the world is crazy? Absolutely crazy, okay? I thought that I have figured things out at this age. And when I enter into 2021, I'm like, no, this is crazy. Okay, if you don't realize that our world is getting crazier and crazier, you need to listen to me over the next 15 minutes. Because the world is crazy, okay? And I don't want to give you example because... Um, that's, that's not the point, okay? 
uh, and then the church of God in Isaiah 64 have been also carried into captivity. They are being forced by the culture. Remember, Kathleen said that last week. They are being forced by the culture of that region and they are hand-twisted to follow whatever that culture is. And so the church now function as if like they are the same as the city, that they are in ruins. You can't tell the difference between the church of God and city hall. You can't tell. It's just a group of people meeting, talking about stuff. But, but the Spirit of God is coming to the church of God. And you are the carrier of the supernatural things that are happening. And I'm going to share with you some of the supernatural things that are happening in our church, even through my own life, okay? I want to pray. I pray, and I want to pray. And to, please pray together with me. I want to see God rain down on this, on this church. I want to see God rain down on this neighborhood. I want to see God rain down in your family, in your personal life, in your relationship, in your city, in your nation. Let's pray that God will rain down over this, this land. Amen? So I want to share three things. I promise you, you will be out very soon. Okay? Because I'm hungry too. <laughs> oh man, I'm too honest, you know. <laughs> so I have three things. If you don't remember what I'm going to say over the next 10 minutes, just remember three things. Within, with, without. Within, with, without. How do we get personal revival? How do we experience personal revival? Number one, conviction within. Conviction within is a revival in the spirit which leads us to have a spiritual hunger. That you have the conviction to seek God. You have the conviction to want more of God. You have a conviction that you are nothing without God. You have a conviction to understand that I can't be alone. I need God. Man, it's very hard. This, this crowd's very hard. Because I'm among a lot of smart people here. Yeah, in their mind, it's like, I need God? Really? <laughs> the last time God helped me was like 20 years ago. When, I gave, when my mom gave birth to me, that's all. That's the only thing that God helps. Other than that, I cruise through life. I did it myself. But if there is a conviction within you, there will be revival within you. And that conviction is to really have that hunger and thirst. You say, you know what, God? I can't do it by myself. I can't be alone. I need you. I need more of you. I need your help. I need your presence. I need your favor. I need your, your manifested presence in my life. You know, this, this generation, I'm kind of concerned too for this generation. We've been praying for this generation and for the next generation because we don't see the need for God. When I go around talking to young people right now, I really sincerely believe that they don't need God because technology helped them, their mindset helped them, the culture influenced them, the city is turning upside down. They don't need God. But I tell you, you need God. Maybe today you might not need God, but believe me, one day you will need God. And I hope that that one day when you realize you need God, you realize where to come back home to. That's all that I need you to, to think, okay? If you don't need God today, good for you, okay? But when you need God, you know the address to God's residence. One, two, three, four, five, 8th Avenue Northeast, Seattle, Washington, 98125, all right? So what are convictions? Number, there are two types of conviction. Number one is that we know that we are sinners. Just like in Isaiah 64, we know we are sinners. We know that we are not perfect. How many of you are perfect in this room? Hallelujah. I'm among all truth speakers here, right? I'm not perfect too. We were all sinners, but God, 
Listen, but God, in His graciousness, oh my goodness, God, my God is so good. In His grace that He made the way for redemption by sending His only Son, Jesus Christ. If you fall asleep, just remember one thing and one thing only. Jesus. That's all that you have to remember. Jesus. What do you have to remember? Jesus. Good. You pass. Okay, if you don't remember what I preach, I know I'm confusing sometimes, but just remember, Jesus. Okay, so later on and in the lobby, the ashes is going to test you. Just say, Jesus, you pass. Okay, so, but God in His graciousness, He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and for me. Our good deeds, our efforts, our methods, our Strength are not going to enable us to find our way of redemption. Only in Jesus, we find redemption. That is the conviction that we must have, right? Number two is that we know we are saved by God's grace. Therefore, we want to declare that in our faith journey, right? In our lives, whether we are on mountaintops or we are on the valley lows, when we are doing so well or we are doing so well, we want to declare it that we are saved by grace. It is only because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus that we walk in this life journey. It is not because of our own faith. It is not because of our own strength that we walk this journey. Only because of Jesus that we want to declare that conviction. And when you realize that conviction, you will receive personal revival in your life. Amen? Number two is encounter with Jesus. Encounter with Jesus. Just now is conviction within. Now is encounter with Jesus. So, Pastor, how do you encounter with Jesus? And then my short answer is experience Jesus. What? What does experience Jesus mean? I can't even see Jesus. Right? How many of you have seen Jesus? Let me kiss your feet. So what does encounter with Jesus mean? And then I pray to God, God, what does encounter with Jesus mean? And then God says, it is an experience of my manifest presence. Wow. Man, when God talked, I have no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> what does it mean? Experience of my manifested presence. So, Irwan, me, being so simple-minded, I break it down. Here's what I said. The encounter with God is when you encounter his manifested presence and you will have rest in your soul. When you encounter with Jesus, you will experience rest in your soul. You are no longer a restless soul. You are no longer a wanderless uh, person that walk around the desert feeling dissatisfied, feeling not happy with yourself. How many of you went to Hawaii over the pandemic and then you are there sitting looking at this beautiful beach and ocean and everything, but your heart is so heavy. You need the presence of God to go before you. Number one, that's, the presence, that's how you encounter God is that you find rest in your soul. Number two, you can encounter God through His revealed words by reading the Bible. I know, so, so, so holy, right? But that's the truth. It's by reading the Bible. That's how I got it. You know, when I, w I went through very depressing life uh, in 2008, I was so depressed, guys. I, I shared with you guys, right? I took drugs, you know? Uh, not those kind of drugs. It's uh, 
I took NyQuil's. <laughs> Over the counter drugs, I have to make sure, you know. Because <laughs> now I'm on YouTube, on YouTube. <laughs> I, I took NyQuil every night. I couldn't sleep because I was so worried. I was so overwhelmed. And the word of God from Psalm 103, bring me release and freedom. Psalm 103, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all by my benefit. I declare it over my soul. Soul, bless the Lord. Forget not all of his benefits. And then my wife, my beautiful wife said, read this. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, bring it to the Lord in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that surpasses your understanding shall guard your heart. I speak it every day. I put it in, um, I, I print it in a small print and I put it in front of my screen. Every day when I'm working, I look at that and I declare it. The encounter with God can be done through His words, through His words, through the Bible, right? Number three, the encounter with God can also through His touch. Through the, through the pray, uh, answer prayers. How many of you have prayed and you know that God is real when He answered your prayer, right? Of course, I don't want to debate about how about those unanswered prayers. That is for another sermon. Okay, but today, that is it. Okay, you encounter God through His touch. Number three, of course, you can encounter God supernaturally. <laughs> how many of you have actually have encountered God supernaturally? In, 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 uh, in John chapter 2, it says that the first of his sign, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. God's miracle sometimes is an encounter for you because when God did miracle in your life, suddenly you believe. So one day after my sermon, like just this beautiful session, I, I'm done with my sermon. I went, I went down and then this guy, very young man, he was wearing a basketball outfit, you know, in a tank top. He came and approached me. He was quite tall. He was like maybe almost six foot tall, you know, and, he, and he's like, are you the pastor here? Depends. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> man, you're so big wearing a tank top like that, you know. I don't want to get punched. Look at this beautiful face. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, <laughs> kidding. So he said, I need to talk to the pastor here. I said, uh, what is it about? Uh, he said, oh, I met with Jesus. What? <laughs> I met with Jesus and I need, uh, ans uh, I need answers. I said, okay, in that case, I'm the pastor, okay? <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you today because, you know, after Sunday service, a lot of things going on. I said, how about I make appointment with you Tuesday? Tuesday, you come back here, we go to the room, and then let's chat. So he came back on Tuesday. He said, okay, tell me. So I said, Pastor, first of all, I want to tell you who I am first. He said, I'm your neighbor. I live around here, and I'm a, I'm a drug dealer. Oh, fantastic. You know, I also used to take drugs, man. I know. You know, I used to take drugs every day, NyQuil. <laughs> so, okay. He said, so three weeks ago, Pastor, I had an encounter with Jesus in my dream. Oh, tell me more. That's interesting. So, yeah, Jesus came in my dream every day for, for a few days. And I don't know Jesus. I, I wasn't a Christian. I don't know. I, at first, I don't even know who that, that man was in my dream. But he kept coming to me in my dream. And so finally, I asked him, who are you? And then he said, I am Jesus. Who is Jesus? He said, I am Jesus, your Lord. And he said, what do you want from me? He said, I want you 
And he was confused. So he told some of his non-Christian friends and some of his non-Christian said, oh, if you want to know about Jesus, uh, just buy the Bible. So he bought the Bible. He tried to read Genesis. Guess what? He was even more confused. You know, now he is seeing the devil too after reading the Genesis, you know. So he came to me. He says, okay, pastor, explain to me who is Jesus, what he wants from me, and why he come to my dream. So I shared the gospel to him. He was crying, you know, in, this, in that room. He was crying. And then as, and to end the, the story, I was like, do you want to receive Jesus today? Because it seems like Jesus is looking for you. <laughs> he said, yeah, I want to receive Jesus. I don't know the reason. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's the... I want to receive Jesus. What must I do? I said, oh, you don't have to do. All you have to do is receive Jesus. That's it? Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Okay, sign me up. So I led him to Christ. So some people have that encounter with God. God came to your dream through signs and wonders, through, through miracles. You know, when I was in college, you know, just a few years ago, uh, <laughs> I, a few years ago, I, was, I just graduated from college. A few years ago when I was in college, I had this friend. He was a Buddhist, you know. Last week, we, we hear Dharma was sharing about. So God gave me in my heart to pray for him, to invite him. But he was very angry. He was very angry because he said, you know what, Irwan? We have good friend from primary school. Why do you want to convert me to Christianity? I don't want to be a Christian and all that stuff. So to cut the long story short, I said, okay. I, I don't want to violate him. I don't want to make him angry. All I do is every Wednesday, I fast and pray for him. Okay? I fasted and prayed. And so finally, he picked up the phone and he said he wants to come to church Sunday. So he came to church. He came to church for about 10 weeks, you know, 12 weeks. And then finally he said, I want to receive Jesus and I want to be baptized. Oh, great. And I, I, I used to be from Oregon, you know, from Eugene, a small town in Oregon, one of the best universities. Um, so, uh, and so I was like, oh, great. You want to receive Jesus? You want to be baptized? But oh, because in Eugene, we don't have a pastor. Our pastor is eight hours away, drive in Vancouver, BC. So our hearts are like, oh, no. So to cut the long story short, we drove him to Vancouver, okay? We arrived in Seattle to go to the Canadian embassy because we used to have a Canadian consul general in downtown. But we didn't realize it was Canadian day. So the, the Canadian embassy was closed. I was so mad because I already drove about five and a half hours, six hours from Eugene. And it's like, ah! So I pick up the phone. This will reveal my age. I pick up the public phone. I need to change this story, man. I pick up my Apple iPhone, you know. But this is the truth. I pick up the public telephone. To those of you who does not know what's a public telephone, I will share with you a picture one of these days. So I pick up the public telephone. I call my pastor in Vancouver. I say, Pastor, he wants to be baptized. We try our best. You know, we have our heart. We drove six hours from Eugene to Seattle. But... Canadian embassy is closed. What can we do? So, pastor, we're going to turn back. And then my pastor used to be an ex-Navy. And he said, Irwan, do you have faith? Yeah, I do. Do you believe that Jesus can do the supernatural? Yes, I believe. I can't hear you. Yes, I believe. I can't hear you. Yes, I believe. I can't hear you. Yes, I believe. In downtown Seattle, man. And then he said, now, therefore, go to Vancouver. Huh? Uh, but, but, but we need visa. <laughs> Didn't I just tell you that 
the embassy is closed? He said, yeah, but he that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we drove, guys. The four young college students driving this guy, wanting to be baptized, you know. And along the way from here to the, the, the border, we keep saying, he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He, one and a half hour, he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So we arrive at the border. So we give our passport. So before he check our passport, excuse me, ma'am, before you open the passport, I have to admit, I, we, four of us have no visa, but we need to get in because we need to go to church. So the guy's like looking. So are you the speaker? Uh, no. <laughs> are you the VIP of the church? No. Then why, what are you? I said, but I need to go to church. <laughs> we can't explain, right? How can we explain this guy wants to get baptized? Like, but we need to get to church. <laughs> Meanwhile, me, on the shotgun, was like, he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater in him. Good thing the officer didn't say, like, is your friend uh, retarded? Or like, you know, he keep repeating the same word. No, no, no. He was looking, and then all of us chanting, like, he that is in us is greater than this. He that is in us is greater. And then he's like, did you bring any gifts? Oh, no, ma'am. Did you bring any fruits and vegetables? No, ma'am. Did you bring any weapon? No, ma'am. God bless you in Canada. Supernatural thing can happen in our lives because our God is a supernatural God. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Natural, supernaturally natural, guys. One day when I was a young pastor, you know, I was serving in Everett. Um, and then after service like this, after my sermon, I was only 25 years old. I was so young. I have, I have no clue. You know, I get down and one of my congregation, Pastor, Pastor, you need to come with us. Oh, what happened? You need to pray because our friend is sick. I said, oh, okay. Well, what, what, what's going on? He said, she has a stage four brain cancer and she's at the end of her life. Oh, I don't do cancer. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to ask the other pastor. I do uh, maybe uh, stomachache, food poisoning. Yeah, but, but no, 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 no cancer. Stage four, no. Stage one, maybe. But because there is no other choice. Not because I'm capable, not because I'm great. No choice. I'm the only one there, the only pastor. So they took me there. And in my mind, as I was driving there, I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's only him and her. Him and her. She died. I can kill him. Nobody knows. Okay? So I went into the house and like, oh my goodness, there are 30, 40 people there waiting to, to witness the supernatural thing. I'm like, oh no. So I was walking. I was very young, you know, 25 years old. I was very young. Where is the lady? Uh, the lady here sitting down. She's very skinny, very skinny. She was sitting down. She has full hair. I said, uncle, I thought you said she has no more hair. She's, oh, no, no, that's fake hair, fake hair. Okay, so I said, okay. I was like, auntie, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. Do you know that Jesus can do the supernatural thing, can do miracle? You can be healed, you know? That's the beauty about being young, guys. You talk first. You think later. I said, Jesus can heal you. I prayed. As the moment I prayed over her, I realized how stupid I was. Because there are 30, 40 people witnessing what I just said. In Jesus' name, I left. Hoping they don't remember my face anymore. Okay? <laughs> no mess. I should have worn mess, you know. That was in July. And then in December, when we had a Christmas celebration, I forgot about her. I don't remember. I don't want to wish. You know, I just don't forget. Christmas time, you know, I was in my buffet table. You know, Jesus follower. Always by the buffet table. 
you know. I was at a buffet table, and then this lady, she was like, Pastor Irwan. I'm like, huh? I look confused. So it's like, you must not know me. You must not remember me. I'm like, excuse me, can you just, you know, remind me your name? He said, like, I'm Auntie Nanette. <gasps> you have not died? I don't know if I say it out loud or it's in my mind, but I'm like, you're not, you're not died. He said, no, Pastor, you know, you remember you prayed for me? I'm like, I can't believe it. He said, touch my hair. This is my real, I believe you. I don't need to touch your hair. <laughs> supernatural thing can happen because our God is a supernatural God. She was healed from stage four brain cancer by a 25-year-old young man. So, in conclusion, if anybody is sick, don't call me. You can do it yourself. Because I was so young, I, was, I, was, I have no clue. But God can use you to bring the nat- supernatural to the natural. God can bring His heavens into earth. Like Jesus prayed, Heavenly Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Lastly, 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 I'm done, I'm done, I'm hungry. Okay? This is the most difficult one. To experience personal revival is to be obedience without reservation. Obedience without reservation. A big part of our faith journey is how we grow in our spiritual walk with God is obedience. It is so dishonoring to the people around us if we are merely giving them live services, don't, don't you think? You know, if I have a good friend, I don't want this friend to just give me lip services. I want this friend to be loyal. I want this friend to lay down his life for me too. That's a good friend. In the same way with our God, it is so dishonoring if we just give him lip services, but we don't trust him, we don't obey him. So the question is, why, do, why is it so hard for us to trust him? Number one is that we like to be in control. Hello, how many of you like to be in control? You know, my, wife, my, my, my son is start, start to drive, you know, and now I ride shotgun. Whenever my, my son driving and I ride shotgun, I don't trust him. My, my foot is still on my virtual brake. Whenever he hasn't brake, I brake already. Even though my brake doesn't do anything. My brake only two, one from the foot, one from the mouth. If this doesn't, doesn't work, I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> He said, Dad, it's still like a few yards away. I said, yeah, but start slowing down. He said, why? Because brake pad is expensive. (laughs) Because all of us are human beings that like to be in control. When we release control, it's hard, right? Why don't we want to be obedient to God? Because we don't fully understand the character of God. Sometimes we don't understand the character of God. We become suspicious of what God is doing in our lives. And therefore, I I need to take control. I don't trust God. Number three is that we don't understand the truth revealed in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 when it says we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And I keep saying this, one thing might not be good. You losing your loved one might not be good. We just had a friend in IFJF Austin who lost her husband. They have three daughters. The, the oldest is only 12 years old. He, just, he had a brain aneurysm and he just died within 10 days. One thing, not good. Losing a child, not good. Losing something, not good. One thing might not be good, but 
in all things, it will be good. How? Just have to trust God because we don't know. We don't know. He knows. He's the Alpha and the Omega. So today, let me be the bearer of good news and reminder of the Lord by shouting out the needs for personal revival and that God, our faithful and gracious Father, is calling out to all of you in this room and to those of you tuning in. Amen? In Acts chapter 3, I want to prepare our hearts to partake on the Holy Communion today. Can you please stand and let's prepare our hearts to this. I want to end with Acts chapter 3 and let this be the message for today and for your action item. Do you guys agree? Sometimes when we hear the Word of God, I think we got to take some action, right? Take action. Be obedient, right? <laughs> Point number three. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. He said, Now repent of your sin and turn to God so that your sin may be wiped away. Listen to this. Maybe some of you listening in today needs to hear this because we have been serving a lot of people that are in depression over the past 15 months. A lot of people are in depression over the past 15 months. Listen to this. Verse 20. Then, then, the time of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. The time of refreshment does not come in the ocean, on the beach, in Costa Rica, in Hawaii, but the time of refreshment comes in the presence of the Lord. And He will again, again, send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Our Jesus does not come to condemn you. Our Jesus does not come to judge you. Our Jesus does not come to curse you but our Jesus come to bring you salvation and healing and time of refreshment today as we partake on this Holy Communion I want us to, to approach and to approach the throne of Jesus with confidence maybe some of us are afraid of Jesus because we thought that he came to condemn us he came to judge us he came to curse us he came to bring us bad things the Bible said He came to serve us. He came because He loved you so much. Therefore, as we partake on this Holy Communion today, be reminded that He loves you and He will bring time of refreshment for you. Let's, let's, uh, let's prepare. I know this is kind of tricky, okay? Hold on. ready how many of you have not received the elements of the communion this morning maybe we can have the ushers serve you all right let's lift our brethren heavenly father thank you so much lord oh man thank you so much jesus for loving us thank you for being such a good good father even while we were unfaithful to you even while we were rebellious towards you, even while we were still sinners, you have already made the decision to lay down your life for us because you love us so, so much, Lord Jesus, and you have already accepted us. As we partake on this Holy Communion, Father God, we are, remember, we are reminded of what you have done for us. It is not because of our doing, it is because of what you have done on the cross. Our identity 
our character rested in the finished work of your salvation. Jesus, therefore, as we partake on this bread, let us do it in remembrance of you. Let's take this bread. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. In the Old Testament, the high priests, they pour out the blood of the animal year after year. And the Bible said that there is always a reminder of sin. Therefore, they have to do it over and over again. Today, as we partake on the Holy Communion, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus was poured out so that we are reminded of our sin so that we are reminded of our transgression. No, the blood of Jesus was poured out not to cover, not to hide our sin, but to remove our sin. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. Can you say amen? Therefore, as we partake on this blood, we declare it to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your, by your blood, we have been made well again. And by your blood, Father God, we are sanctified every day of our lives. Let's partake on this Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Let's lift our hands up. Father God, thank you so much again. I pray that heaven will come down. Oh, heaven will invade earth. Heaven will invade our lives. That the presence, the manifested of the presence of God shall be felt in each and every one of us personally. Personally, Father God, that you will spark a personal revival from this room from this place, from this community, to the city, and to the nation, and to the world, Father God. Therefore, as we depart from here, we ask for the grace and the mercy from the throne of the Father, the love through the Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you from today till eternity, till the second coming of Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you so much for coming.